Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Welcome to Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today a special guest, Nancy Matthews, who is one of the co-founders of Women's Prosperity Network, along with her two sisters. She's one of the unusual people who's able to have family and business intertwined, and it works out well from what I can see as being part of the network. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you so much, Pat. It is a pleasure to be with you today. Well, thank you. When I first started working with Nancy, I heard her talk about a book that she put together with a very specific financial goal. And I wanted to focus, first of all, on that book and the goal as a business model, because it's not something that we have explored very often in this podcast. I have interviewed people who have written chapters for these types of books but not somebody who has been the one who spearheaded the whole project. So let's start with that and tell our listener a little bit about what compelled you to want to do your first book. So interesting because this was back in 2009. And at the time I had a personal financial goal that I wanted to achieve and I really didn't know how I was going to do it. I had never thought about writing a book before. I, you know, it wasn't a burning passion inside of me. And at the time I was doing a lot of teaching on one of my core topics about being a visionary with guts and what it takes to really be a visionary and move forward and have success. And uh, I was going through this daily journaling process. How can I create, the the figure was $20,000 in 30 days. How can I create $20,000? How can I create $20,000? And I just kept asking myself that in my journal every day. And I was reading and I came upon in one of the books I was reading a reference to Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen. And that was the spark for the idea. I was like, wait, you know, they have a book and it's a collection of different stories. I could put a book together about being a visionary with guts and get other successful people to contribute. It'll be a, you know, a a compilation or an anthology. And um, I ran with the idea. So what could this look like? What would I want to teach them? Who, you know, what are the topics that I need to cover? So it was in that process that I outlined, I think it was eight different areas of success. And I said, and if I got three people to contribute content to each of those sections, how much revenue that was going to bring in. And it was a huge success. I, from idea to publication was two months. I had all of my 26 authors within 30 days. And this was during Christmas month. So it was, it was quite a beautiful little synchronistic thing. And, and let me say that as a business model, I didn't do it just for the money. And, and this is what I would say to anyone who's thinking about using this as a, um, a part of their revenue, their business model, is that I've, before speaking a word to it about anybody or inviting them to contribute, I got really clear 
on two things. Number one, what was this book going to deliver to the reader? Why would somebody even buy this book? What was the value proposition? And then the second thing is, what's the value proposition for the author contributing to the book? How is it going to help them in their business? If they're going to make an investment, I needed to be clear that I was you know, doing an exchange of value for them. So I got clear on those two things. Then I made a dream list of who would I love? You know, Who do I know that is an expert in this area? And that's what made it easier is that prep work that I did before even speaking to anybody about it. That's an amazing accomplishment to put together that many people who will follow through in a short period of time. Oh yeah, they only had 10 days to write their chapter. <laughs> oh. During Christmas, I got the idea on December 19th and for this to be published in the time frame I wanted, I needed their store, their chapters back. Um, December 19th to like January 4th or something. And they did. <laughs> I have been the editor of books with chapters that have been written by people. And I've never been able to get anybody to produce something in 10 days. So I, I don't know what you were doing in the background. I see you in your boots up to your hips going, come on, come on. <laughs> you really want to do this, don't you? You know, you know, it was a long time ago, so I don't, I remember it was a lot of effort on my part, um, but um, it felt easy. It, it didn't feel like hard work. It, when, when you're so connected to the outcome of a project and the impact that it's going to have, the hard work, you know, the effort you put in, it's joyful. It's joyful in the process. So I'm sure I had some sleepless days and sleepless nights and all of that stuff and went through so many edits of the book. And I'll tell you, man. So my deadline was I was speaking at an event at the end of February uh, of 2010. And I wanted to have the book, you know, so that I had it available when I was speaking that day. And they actually delivered the books to the hotel where I was speaking. It was the first time I had a physical copy of it. And I open up the book and it says, forward f-o-r-w-a-r-d mm -hmm. i was like oh no i read this 14 times <laughs> those are the collector's editions it's all good <laughs> yeah and that's a common mistake too boy yeah. what was it in for the authors to be part of that book so what we included, and I had three different um, levels for them to participate, you know, with varying pay scales and varying levels of benefits. So mo the, the main thing for the author is to be able to be established as an author. And I didn't even do the whole best-selling campaign with this, but they were established as a public uh, published author. We did um, some campaigns and email campaigns together. They had links to their website from my website. So there was a lot of marketing push that they got. And let me tell you my favorite story of using this book effectively. So if you're, if you're listening in and you have contributed to a compilation book or any kind of publication, walk around with copies of the book with you. Um, Susan Somerset Webb was at an event she had the book. She was one of the authors and visionaries with guts. And somebody said, oh, tell me a little bit about you. And she talked with him a little bit. And then it was um, one of the speakers at the event. And she said, oh, would you like a copy of my book? She pulled the book out, put the bookmark in, 
to, because uh, I gave them all vanity bookmarks too. That was another bonus, which was a nice perk, right? Um, put the bookmark in to her chapter in the book and off he went. On day two of the conference, after speaking with her, reading her chapter that night, he stands on stage and promotes her from the stage with ended up with a flood of clients for her and she wasn't even speaking. Hmm. So if you've got one of those books or you're invited to be in one of those books, say yes. I've, I've contributed to, I think, 15 books as an author, writing a forward, writing a chapter, whatever that is. Um, and it goes back to something Zig Ziglar told me when I got to meet him. And I was so proud visionaries with guns had just come out. And I was like, look, I'm a published author. He's like, that's good. Go write 11 more. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there, there's lots of benefit to being in a book. If you use it, if you write the chapter and just let the book sit by the side and you don't ever tell people about it or share it, then it's not going to bring you the, the rewards that you'd hope for. There's a way to use it as a business card. And really let people get to know you at a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And as a business model, what you did is also intriguing because you certainly had some expenses associated with publishing the book, but they would not be equal to the $20,000 or more that you raised as a result of the model of bringing in the authors and giving them that opportunity and that exposure. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's a savings for an, an author to get to create your own book is a lot of time, expenses and all of those pieces. So it's it's a um, shortcut to get published. Mm -hmm. Think about it like that, too. Yeah, I ended up I think my total was twenty seven or twenty eight thousand in this 30 day period. So I hit my personal goal and covered all the expenses for the book. Mm hmm. Now cool. that was such a successful model. Did you ever consider doing it again? So what's interesting, so that was back in 2009, 2010. And then I think it was 2014 or 15. Uh, my sister Trisha and I were teaching a speaker training workshop. And at the, towards the end of the event, we, we just basically do question and answer. We gave you two days of, you know, how to really, we call it the business of speaking. It's because it's how to use speaking as a way to grow your business, no matter what your mm -hmm. business. And people are like, well, should I be a published author? I'm like, yeah, that's a really good idea. What about those, those compilation books? Is that a, a good way to go? I was like, that is a great way to go. I said, as a matter of fact, let's do one. And from the front of the room, I just came up with the idea. And that's when we first did um, Journey to the Stage, stepping up and stepping out to share your message. And we ended up doing, I think, five, four, five, five volumes of Journey to the Stage, which gave voice and publication to 125 people in those books. Mm. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So yes, I have done it again. <laughs> And was it the same type of return where people were investing to have their chapter included in the book and it raised that similar kind of revenue each time? Um, you know, it raised some revenue. Uh, and, and here's the deal. It's with the market. So 2009, when I first did it, it wasn't nearly as popular or commonplace as it is today. It's a pretty common practice today. 2014, 15, people were doing it more and more. Um, so we did not charge a lot of money. And, you know, so we didn't, we weren't, I did it as a value proposition 
for my clients as opposed to a revenue stream. So we made a little bit of money on it, but it wasn't the reason that I did it. I wanted them to be able to be published authors. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice to somebody who would consider being at the helm for this type of book? Yeah, I would go back to what I said in the beginning is um, really get clear on what the 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 vision slash desired impact is for the reader first. Because again, if you're going to create a book, you got to have the end reader, the user in mind. What's in it for them? Why would they buy this book? And then the second piece of it is what's in it for the author. What are you going to do to help promote them and teach them how to use this as a great marketing tool? And my favorite, favorite way to get to those core benefits. And Pat, you've heard me speak to this before, I believe is it's a process uh, I learned from a guy named uh, Tony Martinez many, many moons ago. Thank you, Tony. And it's to write a testimonial letter to yourself from the perspective of the person that just read the book or the author. So it would be like, you know, be like this. So if I was doing another one today, maybe I'll do something about the one philosophy. I don't know, since this is coming up, but um, somebody would write me a letter. So I would pretend I'm that person who just read the book. Dear Nancy, thank you so much for putting the one philosophy out there. Not only is it, has it created a better life for me, my entire community has been uplifted to a whole new level. Before this, they were feeling X, Y, Z, and we were going through this. I read the book, implied the principles, and here's what happened as a result of it. Now I'm making more money. My life is happier, blah, 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 blah. So that process of writing a testimonial letter to yourself from the person you're seeking to impact reveals what's in your heart that is really the spark that created your desire to do this in the first place. And it lets you get really in touch with the person that you're trying to support, help, or transform what they're going through, what they want, what are their hopes, their dreams, where they stuck. And the more you can connect with that, it lets you to create a product that gives them what is really best for them. And it also gives you, this process will give you the language needed for your marketing materials as well. Mm -hmm. So, I, and I still use that recipe of doing a testimonial letter to myself for every single thing I create, whether it's a, a program, um, a coaching program, a mastermind, um, a workshop, a live event, whatever I'm doing, I get myself into the mind and the heart of the person that I'm seeking to impact first. And then I go and create what it is that's going to serve them best. So you begin with the end in mind. As Always. Always. Yeah. Hmm. And it's not the end in mind that I want. Mm -hmm. It's the end in mind that's best for the person I want to make a difference for. We open the door to talk about the book that is hot on your mind at the moment, The One Philosophy. Let's go into a description of that book. I know from having had a prior edition that the one that you're releasing now is an updated one. Let's talk about the first edition, when that idea first came to your mind. Who were you trying to reach? What was the message that you wanted to share in that book? 
So the, the first edition came out in 2013 and I wrote the book because for three years, since 2010, as it turns out, um, I had started speaking about this thing I was referring to as the one. And so for three years, I'm speaking in front of hundreds, thousands of people. And they're like, oh, do you have a book on this? And I was like, no, I don't really have a book on this. And, and so, the, so the evolution of it came about because I would invite people at, live, at all events or when I'm speaking, wherever it is, to treat everyone you meet as the one. Because I observed in myself as well as in others is, is that if you think someone's the one, you know, the person who's going to be your next best client, get you a connection to a celebrity or the person you're going to marry, when we think we're in the presence of the one, we sit up a little taller, we pay better attention, we listen, we place more value on them simply because we think they can add benefit to our lives. And when I realized that about my own behavior, I was like, oh, that feels yucky because everyone matters. Everyone has value. And when I started you know, really living this for myself and recognizing how when I treat even the person at the gas station or the supermarket at a restaurant, when I treat them as the one really listening, placing value on them in whatever the scenario is, they transform. They stand up a little straighter. They care a little bit more. They'll share with you their heart's desires. And as a result of doing that, people open up to what really matters to them. So in living what I now call the one philosophy, when you treat others as the one, the ones that you're meant to connect with and meet appear. Like we could be sitting next to someone who could be the one, but because we're not being open and caring and loving and, you know, really letting them know that we value them as a human being first, they, that conversation may never happen. So, like I said, for years, I was teaching those people said, where's the book? And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll write a book. And then I thought, Hmm, what does it really take to live this on a consistent basis? Because it sounds really nice, but you're in a hurry. you got a big to-do list. You have bills to pay. How do you pay attention? How do you place value on every single person you meet? It's not always easy. So as I examined what are the core principles for living the one philosophy, and that's what became the book. Mm-hmm. What you just said makes me think about somebody, and I think it was Dale Carnegie who said that Everyone has an invisible sign on their forehead that says, make me feel special. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, and and here's, here's what I know, and especially in, and this is part of the reason I was inspired to update the book and add some additional exercises and examples to help us through some really troubling times that we're facing now, we've faced before, and we'll probably face again, unless we all take on being the one for each other. Right. That's my big, big vision, right? Yes. Um, is, is that the truth to me is that all of us, every single human being walking this planet really just wants to feel better. 
They want to be happier. They want to feel safe. They want their family to be. We all want the same thing. Where things get a little wonky is the methods we go about to get it may not seem logical to someone else. They may, they may, they, you may think they're wrong. How can they do that? That's evil. That's bad. And and all of those perceptions slash judgments um, are coming from your perspective. I guarantee you, they think they're doing the right thing because they're trying to get happier. And that's the way they know. So if we could remember that everyone is really seeking the same thing and, and, and we take the responsibility of seeking to understand why they're thinking in that way, that's going to help bring us together. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and that's my mission and my passion is that, that as we all live the one philosophy following these very, you know, six simple practices six simple principles that are outlined in the book, you'll be happier, you'll have a better life and it'll help unite humanity. Tell our listener about what you've planned in terms of the release of this book. This is coming out. We're recording this at the beginning of February, and the book is coming out this month. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're not doing book signings in Barnes & Noble anymore. We're not um, going from meeting to meeting selling books. How are you releasing your book and promoting it in a virtual world as opposed to a physical world? Um, so, you know, it's instead of being in a physical world, uh, you know, in person, I'm doing, um, lots of podcast interviews. I'm hosting different launch parties. Uh, I'm also reaching out to corporations to use for them to bring this into their businesses, because this will uplift your customer service department. This will, if you have any kind of team in your business and they learn to treat not only their colleagues and coworkers as the one, but every client that comes in as the one, your revenue is going to boom. So I am just, I have a full plan to, to just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Mm -hmm. And people will buy the book. It's a small book and uh, it's an easy read uh, with a very big impact. I know that we skipped over another book that you had created after the compilation book Mm -hmm. and the additional versions. And that was the uh, Wallace Waddles Receiving Your Riches book based on the science of getting rich, if I had that title correct. Yeah, perfect. Let's talk about how you did that because that was, that's a different model than we've discussed so far of taking a book in a public domain and then turning it into a product. Yes. Um, So what's interesting about that is, yes, so the book is called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace G. Waddles. It was written in 1910. And it's in public domain, which means you have the right to use it for other things. So I was doing uh, in a small group mastermind where we were studying this book. And it was so yummy and it was bringing about massive results for me. And I think that was in 2012. And coincidentally, when I first went into business for myself in 2002, somebody handed me like a PDF printout of this book that I started reading, but never finished. 
right? So 10 years later, I'm doing this mastermind on the book and money is coming to me and opportunities are happening for me and the nonprofit that I was working with at the time. And it was, and I was like, oh my goodness, everybody needs to know this. So that's what inspired me to create this as a 30 day course, because just like me 10 years ago, how many books do people have that are unread or half read? So what I decided to do was take this beautiful, beautiful, timeless book and break it up into 15 minutes a day. Anybody can do something for 15 minutes a day. And so I turned this, this book, which is not a long book, um, into a 30-day, 15-minute-a-day um, practice. And I added journal prompts. I recorded it all in my own voice. I added an intro and an outro. I folded in part of um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And I, to say that since... 2013 or 12, when this was released, millions and millions and millions of dollars have come to the people who have been through this course. It's an honor to have bring that brought this to them. And I do that's a, that I offer at a very low price. Um, I think when I first did it, I did it for like 25 or $37. I typically sell this course for like 97 and then I do specials and gifted and, mm -hmm. um, so, and that's brought my, you know, I should add up how much money that's made. <laughs> you should. I think I will. I think I will. But it's more important. Yes, it's made me money. And I do this because everybody needs to know how easy it can be. Like so many people are struggling in their lives where they don't have to. They don't have to. 15 minutes a day can make such a difference for everything. And you picked a, a topic that is timeless. I think when we hear about Oh, a book was written a hundred years ago. Yeah. 110 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And part of your brain goes, well, could that be relevant today? Is it outdated? That um, concept starts coming up when you start thinking about public domain. I know that there are many people who have purchased public or actually don't have to even purchase it because right. it's, it's usually not for sale but they've taken public domain materials and transformed them into current products. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of, there's lots of opportunity and yes, 2020 was challenging. 2021 is still having lots of challenges. And I think it is Napoleon Hill who says every challenge brings with it a seed of opportunity. And the key is to think differently. Don't look at the challenge. That was Ask yourself a better question. Instead of why is this happening to me? How could this be happening for me? Hmm. What else could I do with this? And it's in this in the state of asking better questions that you create a better life. Mm -hmm. And Nancy, do you have another book in you? I do. <laughs> um, I'm finishing the release of this, this third edition. And, and I had started this actually last year. Uh, and the one philosophy update just was calling to me very loud. So I wanted to get that out first. Uh, so yes, I do have another book in me. It'll be released sometime in 2021. But I, I don't, there's, there's, a few different working titles. So I'm going to save that. <laughs> okay. 
I have found in interviewing creative people who have lots of interest in generating new material that there's usually some project floating around in the back of their heads, waiting for the right time to be born. And I'm not surprised at all that you answered yes to that question. Yes, yes. Well, and in conjunction with the One Philosophy, one of the things that I'm also launching is something called the People Skills Academy. And that came about as, you know, an offshoot from the One Philosophy, because you've got the six principles and they're great. And for those who want to, you know, master their communication skills and their styles, whether it's in business, family, um, all types of relationships, everything in this world that relates to our happiness and our irritation and frustrations is around people. So if I've got better people skills, I can reduce my frustrations and increase my happiness and my results. So I'll be launching the People Skills Academy in conjunction with the book. And is that a coaching program or is that a content? It's a, um, it's a, a content membership community. And I have a faculty, there's about 20 people on the faculty so far. So it'll be content in these variety of different areas of our lives. And uh, as well as live um, Q&A sessions and all kinds of good stuff. Hmm. Fascinating. Coming from a book and blossoming into a different way of expressing those skills and providing support. Yeah, that's it. How can our listener find out more about you, your services, your products? Uh, probably the best um, central hub to go to would be nancymatthews.com or, and, and the book will be at theonephilosophy.com as well. Um, Women's Prosperity Network, which you are a member of, and we are so grateful for you being a part of our community and all the value you bring. Um, and I'm very Googleable. So if you Google Nancy <laughs> Matthews, you see this face, you'll find me. <laughs> and Nancy's last name is spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. Be sure to put in the extra T because sometimes Matthews can be spelled with one T, but Nancy's got two of them. Got two, two. Got two twos. Got two, two T's. Yes. Thank you so much, Nancy, for spending your time talking about your book, about your journey from creating a compilation book in order to achieve a, a big goal for people hearing $20,000 in 30 days. Many people would say, how would I do that? And Nancy came up with a way to create the income and also give a platform to people to be able to share their stories and give them a spotlight. And then she has also moved on and done that similar type of model several times more, maybe five times more with people discussing how they launched their speaking business. Yeah. Her one philosophy is now out in its third edition since 2013 and sparked the idea for extending that knowledge in a different way through a membership program. And she's also had the experience of taking a product that was in the public domain. I think it's 70 years, 65 or 70 years after publication, that book moved into public domain, which means that anyone could have used it. But Nancy saw that opportunity to take 
the book and create a Receiving Your Riches course by breaking it down into 15-minute segments, which is really what we could do with any of our books that we have written, as well as private label rights material or public domain material. Those are not interchangeable, but private label rights is when somebody specifically writes material and then sells it to other people who then have the opportunity to use it with their own name and their own modifications. Lots of creativity comes from Nancy Matthews' brain, as you can tell in this 30-minute discussion. And what's next? And there'll be another one that is going to be still there in its gestational form, not ready to be born yet, but will be coming out later this year. So watch for Nancy Matthews' name and her publication, her new publication in 2021. And thank you to you who's been listening to us, who's been tapping into this conversation. I hope it has stimulated you and caused a little bit of, hmm, I think I could do that too, thought process. We have a new show every week. Be sure to tell other people you know who are interested in generating books and creating income from their books about this podcast, Writing to Get Business. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today Tina Greenbaum, who is a fellow C-suite advisor who we met at a C-suite event, and they are hosting this podcast, Writing to Get Business. Tina and I have just talked about how her book evolved. What will our listeners and our viewers get from the podcast that we just completed, Tina? I'm hoping that you, your viewers will get the back end process, the work, the thinking that went into a solopreneur by myself, figuring out ways to scale my business. And I started with a workshop that led to an online program that led to my book. But the interesting thing, of course, was that I hadn't even written the online program before I had the clients to be participants. So I'm hoping they'll get some insight into some creative ways that you could deal with the obstacles that come up with having to do all this by yourself. And Tina shared some strategies that she uses that she recommended she had the, the interesting path of going from the online course to the book. Some of our other authors on writing to get business have gone from the book to the online course. So it, it reinforces again that there's no right answer or no one right pathway when it comes to sharing your knowledge in different formats. Be sure to watch Tina Greenbaum's podcast. You'll find it on writing to get business. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com.
Bluenile.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.